Thank you for joining us today. We hope God speaks to you. We hope dreams come alive and faith is ignited so you can impact the world and those around you for God's kingdom. Enjoy the message. This morning, City Place Church, would you help me welcome every single person watching online this morning to City Place Church. Come on, can you make some noise for City Place? Welcome City Place Church. We welcome you. You have to be here because you're missing it. And so uh, we're excited to have every person. So as we talk to everyone here, we're also going to be talking to every single person online. And so would you also welcome City Place Church, Ms. Bonnie Jo Daniels, this morning. This is for you, Ms. Bonnie. That's for you. And so this morning, City Place Church, we are going to dive into uh, changing our mind. I don't know about you, but there have been times when I've changed my decision and I said, you know what, why change my mind about that? I really didn't change my mind, I changed my, my decision. Um, this morning our focus is we want to see what it looks like when God changes our mind. And so we're going to talk practically speaking from a clinician's view, but also based in the word of God. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 10, verse 10. And it says this, it says, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. But here, here, here's the thing, is that when Jesus gives you life, it is not constrained to just one area. And so as today, as we lean into the mental thought process of our life, we have to understand that God wants to give us life in every single area. And he wants to do it in a place to where it overflows. And so every thought, every mindset, our goal today is for the Holy Spirit to align our thoughts with his thoughts. Here's the thing, because Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, look at your message notes, says this, as a man think in his heart, so is he. The context of the scripture, Solomon is writing about a man who is desiring wealth and riches and is pursuing it. And when he gets to seven, he says, as you think in your heart, so are you. How we think is going to matter. Fill this in. I become what I think. I become what I think. Which then lets me think and know that I am currently the sum of my thoughts. I am currently the sum of my thoughts. I am either pursuing something based on my thoughts or I am stuck somewhere because of my thoughts. Can we pray? <laughs> if you can't hear that city place online, someone's preaching us down already. Let's pray together. Father, we love you today. We thank you that we get to join together as a church in your presence. Change our mind today in the thing that ministers to you and the way you're going to minister to us. Let us think your thoughts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Bonnie, welcome. Nice to be here. For, the, for, the, for like the third or fourth time. The last time you were here, you talked about um, just how the thoughts can rule us and can control us. And today we're talking about how to change our mind. When you hear a verse like as you think, so you are, from a clinician 
and a believer working in ministry, what begins to resonate in you? So the first thing that I do, I think that we're going to have a little therapy session this morning. It's uh, free. <laughs> um, the first thing that I do as a clinician is I want to know what you're thinking. What is troubling you? What's going on in your world um, that's causing you a distraction or a disturbance? And so I really want to find out what you're thinking. And so um, I want you to follow along in your sermon notes because I have a little activity that I want to encourage you to do right along with me this morning. On your piece of paper, there is the shape of a heart. I want that to represent your mind. So I want you to think over the course of this past week, um, what are some of the things that you were thinking about this past week. Jot down like three or four items that you were thinking about. We're going to take that heart and we're going to divide it into sections. The largest section has to do with what you were thinking of the most. Mm. So if you were pursuing thinking about where you were going to go for Thanksgiving and how the dynamics were going to be with your family and that consumed a lot, then you have a bigger section of that heart that you're going to just kind of put in there concern or worry about your family. Okay? So just take a few minutes and think about what you've been thinking about this past week and use that little heart as an activity, even if you just put a few initials, make it short, but that's where I begin in a session. What are you thinking about? Again, it could be distractions, it could be anxieties, worries about work, um, or it could be neutral things. Like maybe you're thinking about the football team or playing video games. Like how much space are you giving to that in your heart and in your mind? So that's how I would begin. That's good. So go ahead and take just a couple of moments. Remember we told you we're going practical and spiritual. Practical and spiritual. So write down some of those thoughts that you were thinking about this week. Some of those thoughts that you were thinking this week. What was consuming your thinking? Awkward silence in church is good. If you're watching at home, write them down. Now, as a few of you begin to look up at me, then I'll know that you are in a process of readiness for the next thing. And so I want to go on and, and let you know that your mind is very active. It's a very organized, sophisticated organ. Um, and it's like a high-speed computer, like the fastest computer on earth is like your mind. And your mind is capable of planning things, like you are planning your trip for Thanksgiving, you're planning your dinner. Um, it's capable of decision-making. It's uh, capable of even planning your future or subtle things like who's going to win the football game, you know, this weekend. The so, commanders, <laughs> the 1 commanders. Um, So your mind can think, it can plan, it can choose. So it's very, very sophisticated. But what you might not know is in one day you have, research says you have an estimate of 60,000 thoughts that go through your mind in one day. Now, I ask you to capture a couple of things for the week. Really, there's like 420,000 things that went through your mind this week. I'm just wow. asking you to capture a couple of them. Wow. 60,000. How many of y'all were aware that 60,000 thoughts go through your day? Yeah. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. But um, every thought has a chemical reaction, okay? It's an electrochemical reaction. So depending on the root of your thought will depend on the reaction that you get in your body. 
So if you have a positive thought, like you woke up, you had a cup of coffee, you watched the sunrise this morning, you had a good feeling, there is an electrical charge that went through your body, and that hormone is called dopamine. So that lifted your spirit. Now, the same thing can happen with a negative thought. A negative thought has a CHR chemical or hormone that goes through your body, and it creates more of a hostile feeling within your body. You're, you're disgruntled. Um, I think of it like kryptonite, okay? So for, for those of you that are Superman fans, I'm watching this series with my kids. Right now we're watching Superman and Lois, and that's my bonding time with my grandkids. And kryptonite is the thing that goes against Superman and clouds his vision. And that's what negativity can do to us. So is dopamine like vibranium? <laughs> just yeah, kind of right. just you know what I mean. If we go stay with the superhero, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So I'm sorry. No, that's good. That's gotcha, good. Gotcha. Gotcha. You did. Know. You did. Um, and and it's not like we're not going to have a negative thought. We are human. We're we're going to experience it. But our emotions are driving us to do something. So if you have a negative thought, it's a prompter. It, it's, it's causing you to do something. You might have had a um, disagreement with something that your wife said or did, right? So you have a little bit of something inside of you that needs to come out. And if that negativity doesn't get processed, if you don't have that conversation with your wife, then what's going to happen is you're going to grow hostile inside of you. Okay, and we have this thing in, in therapy, it's called a negative feedback loop. It's literally like a definity circle. And your mind will just constantly fixate on something. And that energy, that electrochemical energy is building up with inside of you. So if you don't have that conversation with your wife and kind of face it head on, you will fight. <laughs> and that's the release of that energy. So it's pushing you to fight. So that's why the Bible says, don't let your son go down on your anger. Remember, our emotions are there for a reason. Who, who would have thought that the subtleties of the enemy would be chemical? Yeah. yeah. Like, when we read a verse, like, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Who would have thought that he would try to use a back door of what wasn't obvious? That's so good. That's so good. And negative thoughts, you know, if, if we don't tend to them, they build up over time and they go from negative feedback loops to mindsets. And once you have a negative mindset, you know, it can lead to things like depression. And, and right now, um, we have about one out of 10 Americans that are suffering from depression. And, um, and I'm not saying it's just because of the negative mindset. I'm saying to you, that's a factor that leads towards it. So working on our mind is very powerful because we have an enemy that's trying to steal our thoughts. And when we read a verse like as a man thinking in his heart, so is he? Sometimes it sounds so elementary. Yes, it is. But when you have the practical and the spiritual that go together, I get an understanding that I have to be aware that the enemy's subtleties, that sometimes like what you were saying, if I hold that aggression, if I hold that mm -hmm. frustration, the enemy's just like, keep on holding it. Yeah. It's working. It's working. Yeah. But there comes a, a release point as well. You and I were talking about, uh, she, uh, Bonnie and I were having a discussion about scripture. And we were, there's a scripture verse that I want to read in Romans chapter 12. And I was, I was actually asking you about it. It says this in verse 1. It says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. 
and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And you and I were were talking, and I said, transforming our mind when you read the verse, Mm -hmm. it seems like it's just you read the verse and God will step in and you just release. Yes, that is true, but there's a practical side to our part as well. Us, uh, you and I have to make sure that the things that we intake are godly thoughts. We have to position ourselves to be transformed. We have to position our thought life. We have to position ourselves in God's presence so that God can begin to reestablish his thought process in our life. And one of the things that we were talking about, just you could write this down. I'm jumping ahead. Sorry. Is that the first thing is, is that our thoughts are powerful. It's fact. Mm -hmm. The things that we think about Mm -hmm. have power. I have tried to squelch my thoughts, contain my thoughts, and sometimes my thoughts have consumed me. Proverbs 23, as you think, you are. So there's this tension between, God, I want to think like you. I want to allow you to change me, but I just don't know how. Have you ever been there? And, you know, like Damon, your church has been this whole year focusing on discipleship. So we know that we are building disciples in the, uh, in the church here at uh, City Place. And, and it says in Titus that we can actually become ambassadors for Christ, right? So um, as ambassadors, we are wanting to stay in line and in sync with Christ. And, and that, that kind of brings me to my next um, point is, are you thinking from a heavenly perspective, mm. okay? Because because that's, if you're on mission, you're on task, you're an ambassador from, for uh, Christ, are you thinking on mission? So that's kind of like the first thing that you got to really talk about because there is a certain type of wisdom. And, and I have down here in our notes, and you can read along with me in 1 Corinthians uh, 2, 10 through 16. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the own spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not words taught by human wisdom, but the words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-thought words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgment about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. And that's the takeaway. You have the ability to be the ambassador of Christ and have the mind of Christ, but it takes a certain amount of effort to get there. Like you were saying, it's not just a spiritual, I read it, and it becomes. No, I read it, I've got to discipline and do the work, and then I become. So write this down, not in your notes. Having the mind of Christ requires discipleship. Having the mind of Christ requires discipleship. It's a process. We give our heart to Jesus. We grow in our relationship with him. 
Having the mind of Christ is a part of, requires discipleship. So just in our talking this week, I realized that there's going to be consistent work for us to do and that we never arrive. Are you with me? Because there's a pursuit of Christ that we're constantly chasing so that we can become the fullness of who he created us to be. And so City Place, the reason why we're taking this Sunday before the end of the year, is so that we can say, God, if you've been growing me in my spirit, you've been growing me in my worship, you've been growing me in my passion for people, I also want to have the mind of Christ. I don't want to try to figure it out on my own. And I don't just want to read a verse and go, Padal, how? Give me something practical. First thing is, my thoughts are powerful. My thoughts are powerful, and I have to think from a heavenly view. Mm-hmm. And the second point is um, to think, and this is in your notes, to think like it matters, you must see things from his perspective, like we were saying, the mind of Christ, and choose to seek wisdom and discernment from his perspective, not yours. So many times our battles are we want to be right. You know, we want to, we want to make our point with our, our partner or with our sibling. Um, but we have to go, is that coming from his perspective? So it's really important, the stance that you're thinking from. Yeah. So ultimately, if, you, if we break down that verse, you know, it, there's a sharp contrast between the wisdom of man and the wisdom of God. Okay, so that's why we're focusing specifically on 1 Corinthians 2. Wisdom is not given to the believer um, on their own. It's given to them by the Spirit of God. And it's not understood by those that are not in the Spirit. So for some people, like we might be in relationships or marriages that are unequally yoked, and sometimes your partner might not understand where you're coming from because they're not in that same spirit. Now, we're praying for salvation for them, but in that moment, you are the spiritual leader in that relationship. And you have to remember that your wisdom is coming from from Did everybody catch that? That 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 the wisdom of God is going to require us spending time in the spirit. Like, like let's, let's not just let that skip over. It's like we're going to have to t- spend time with the spirit of God to grasp the wisdom of God for our life. And that if we find ourselves in an unbalanced friendship or our marriage is out of balance, spiritual check, spiritual check, What we're talking about is not the wisdom that comes from a book. We're talking about the wisdom of heaven, right? And who would have thought that all of this plays into us being able to change our mindset? Go ahead. I'm just chiming in. You're good. You're good. So ultimately, you know, the things that you're thinking are either you're either going to glorify God or you're not. And that's the next point. Okay. You're either going to be glorifying the Lord in everything you think, say, or do or not. Now, we're not, I'm not saying we have to be perfect little robots. I know there's going to be, we're human. This is a human experience. But for the most part, if you're going to try to take hold of the things of God, you want to be more in line with Christ than out of alignment. So question, mm-hmm. what, if, what if someone is playing the line? Because that's a pretty straightforward statement. Yeah. That everything you think, say, or do will either glorify God or not. What if someone is sitting here today and they're just going, well, how do you know that? Well, I'm, I'm, do, I'm a good person. Uh, I'm doing the best I can. Are you telling me that it's a black or white thing? Mm-hmm. So that's a really interesting question because there we come into sanctification and growth, right? God is so patient with us. 
Yes, it's a black and white thing because ultimate truth, if you're really going to believe the Bible, is ultimate truth. But as you're growing, you are learning. Okay? As you are developing, you are learning. As you are being discipled, you are learning. But do not abuse your grace. Mm. Write that down. Write that down. Yeah. Write that down. Do not abuse your grace. Yeah. Do you think, so off topic, from, from your standpoint as a leader in, in the house of God, do you think that, because you said do not abuse your grace, yeah. God's grace, do you feel like as believers, when you're sitting down with people and you are counseling them, is there a hint of us abusing the grace of God? I, whether it's unconscious or subconscious, unconscious, that's always the question that comes out. But through my sessions and, and other therapeutic sessions, you're, if somebody is coming to me and they're sincerely in need, like I'm struggling with my negative thoughts or my negative thoughts are leading me to depression or to suicide even, like you're asking me for an assistance, so we are going to do a heart check, okay? And sometimes things that are unconscious, they're operating within you that other people can see your spec but you can't, right? And so we gently try to bring that to the surface so it can be addressed. Then it's just a matter of obedience and when you're ready to take on a greater calling for God. Some of the things that God has for us, we can't get to, they're on the top shelf, okay? We, and, and we've got to be able to kind of get ourselves ready for those higher callings, for those higher things. And if we're not ready, we just... We're, we grab for the middle shelf, and that might be where you rest your life, on the middle shelf. But God had things for you on the top shelf. Wow, that's good. That's, that's good. So, all right, one more question. So, from your standpoint, if I, if I were to walk into your office, and we're talking, and I'm a believer, you're a believer, um, how, how, how do you balance the, the practical side of your conversation with the spiritual side of your conversation so that I understand that I, it's a both and. Yeah. So, so what I do is I just help with tools, okay? I educate my people to understand the tools and the mind traps that are out there, okay? And I have a few of them listed on here. So once we have an understanding of the mind traps, then I, I equip you with the tools, and it's up to you to do the work. So um, one of my favorite doc, uh, uh, psychiatrists is called Dr. Daniel Amen. He is just well-renowned. He's both a medical doctor and a psychiatric doctor. And he has an acronym. It's called ANTS, Automatic Negative Thoughts. And we call these bugs. So if you're in a session with me, we take a look at your mindset, what you what you put in your heart and what's occupying your space. And then we look at the mind traps. And I introduce to you all the different mind traps. I have three of them in your notes right now. But if you were just to Google mind traps, you'll, you'll see a bunch. And so I help people understand what bug, what ant, automatic negative thought, that they need to manage. Now, you won't be able to manage all 25 that are in there, but you might be able to manage one in this new year. Mm. So if you have the tendency um, to jump to conclusions, for example, that you're always trying to read someone else's mind or you're always trying to predict, um, predict the future, I just know my dad's going to say that. He always says that to me. Well, this could be the one time he doesn't, right? Mm. So you're predicting the future. And okay, so that's like jumping to conclusions, which is a mindset. That means you've had some negative loops, they, they've fallen into a pattern, and now we have a mindset. 
okay? So if you realize that your negative mindset is jumping to conclusions, that's the one thing that you could work on in 2023. That's good. That's good. You're gonna I know. I'm looking at There's the other black ones. and white. Yes. Uh, black and white thinking, um, that's when you look at a situation from extreme um, positions. Now, when we're young as children, we have a concrete mind. And that doesn't go away until you're about 12 or 13 years old. And that's because children, um, they need those extremes to be able to handle this big world that they don't understand. So that's why kids are a little more stubborn, a little more feisty, they, they, they fight you know, a little bit more. They don't have the tools, um, you know, the equipping to reason appropriately. But when we grow up and we become adults, that is now foolishness according to the Bible because we haven't matured in the faith. So we've got to work with that black and white thinking and teach our children and teach ourselves how to reason, come together and let's reason together, the Bible says, trying to get us to move into maturity. Wow, and then the last one you have on there is labeling. And Talk about labeling. that a little bit. Yeah, labeling is um, such a negative thing, and it's what leads to depression in yourself or others. And that's when you are using, you're criticizing yourself or others with meanness, harshness, a lot of criticism. You're putting labels on people, and that negativity will always lead you to a bad place. It will entrap your mind. So you want to know what your bug is. I got little bugs yeah, for you on the chair. Sit on the bug when you sat down. <laughs> you want to know what your bug is. And I challenge you this year to work on at least one of your bugs so that you can have uh, a healthier uh, year. And to think like it matters, you must manage those thoughts to avoid these negative mind traps. Mm. That's the, the next point. So you're basically taking your thoughts and you're putting them on trial. So did y'all catch that? You're basically taking your thoughts and you're putting them on trial, okay? Put your thoughts on, everything you think isn't true, everything you think isn't right, everything that you think is not necessary or helpful or useful, so put your thoughts on yeah. trial and sift yeah. them before they come out of your mouth or before yeah. you marinate on them and it changes mm. who you are. Sometimes we think on such negative things that our self-esteem goes so low or we're spewing things at other people and their self-esteem is going so low. That's the kryptonite, guys, okay? That is what's leading us to a mental health crisis here in America. How many of y'all knew that you had permission to put your thoughts on trial? Watching at home, did you know that you could put your thoughts on trial? You know, there's a verse in Revelations that says that the accuser of the brethren yeah, yeah. stood before the throne of God day and night accusing. You know this about them. You know this about them. Mm -hmm. But there's a Jesus that's standing there in the gap for you. Mm -hmm. I was telling, I have to stand up for this, Bonnie. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But this, when we were talking about this, I told her when we were talking about it that this empowered me yeah. because I didn't know that I could call my negative thinking to the stand. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that that depressive thought needed to take a seat before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's right. And when she told me that, it empowered me because there were some negative things, some doubts mm -hmm. about me as a dad or me as a leader or me as a husband, that when she said that, I was like, absolutely not. I need, I, I, I need to have a court date set for tomorrow. 
tomorrow morning. And Father God, this thought has been in my mind. And the Bible says this, that you and I have an advocate in yeah. Jesus. And so do you know what I decided to do? I decided that I wasn't going to try the case myself. Mm-hmm. There's no need for me to represent myself. Yeah. I decided to let the advocate do it for me. That's right. And I realized that I have more authority than what I have been walking in some. Yeah. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. We have permission to put our thoughts on trial. Those four or five things that you doubted earlier, mm-hmm. before you leave. Your Honor, I'd like to step aside, and my, uh, my attorney is Jesus. That's right. So those four or five things that you wrote down. Sorry, if you're watching online and if my head was cut off, I jumped up too quick. But look, 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 look at this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Look, look, look at the phrase here. Somebody say we. That's the first word. Somebody say we. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we, somebody say we, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Somebody say we. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against what the knowledge of God remember we were just uh Bonnie was just talking about the thoughts that flow from heaven so if it's contrary to what God says about us it needs to stand trial immediately are you with me but look you and I have the authority not in our own hands but because Jesus gave it to us. Are you with me? I told you I wasn't going to stand, but then I did. I'm trying to grow. Help me, Bonnie. Help me. Help me stay seated during these sessions. Please. You did say this was free. Yes, it is. Gotcha. Just want to make sure. Make sure there won't be a receipt book when we leave. Just want to make sure there won't be a receipt book. So I'm doing my best to grab the thoughts, but there's a struggle. And there is a struggle. And, and I can tell you, if you um, watch any great movie, I'm going back to Superman, there's always a battle, right? <laughs> like, what, why would we watch it if there wasn't a scene, a battle scene? So as you begin this work, I want to pre-tell you the battle will come, and it'll come a little bit harder, because that's what happens in Superman. Okay, all the villains come and they come with everything they got. And sometimes they, you know, get other villains that come after and help them. That's going to happen in the beginning, but then it dies down over time. So when I was in my 20s and I was battling with negative thoughts, I thought, my goodness, this is never going to end. But I kept applying the work and following people that could teach me how to do that. So if you if you feel like you're drowning in your thoughts and you're trying to do it on your own, then go with a therapist and have a safe space and, and do it with somebody so you don't drown. Keep your head above the water as you're doing this. Read, have someone that helps you with accountability so that you're not slipping darker because you are going to have a battle first before you get the release, okay? There was a couple of things that uh, we have noted here. It says be responsible to, mal- to manage your thoughts. Are you certain thoughts, are certain thoughts taking too much of my, 
of your time. Yeah. So how can we be responsible? That's now going back to your heart and just doing a quick little inventory. If, if there's too big of a space for worry, then, then like let's narrow that down a little. Worry is an indicator. It's an indicator that says there's an injustice. There's something that I got to change. That's why it's there. That's why we have it. But we're not supposed to bask in that. So it's going back to your heart, back to your thoughts, and then processing them and finding out, do I need to have all that real estate for that one thought? I mean, like, that's taking up all of my time. If all I think about all day long is playing video games, for example, I'm never going to leave my room. I'm just going to be in there playing video games. So there's nothing against the gamers. I'm just using that as an example. But we have to challenge them. We have to look. We have to do an inventory of our heart. Remember the garden. And I, I do want to end with this scripture in Philippians 4.8. That is the garden that God wants us to grow in. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honorable, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, things that are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if you be of any virtue and if there is any praise, think on these things. That's the garden that God wants you to rest in. That's your quiet time garden. That's why you like quiet time so much because you're in his garden. And that's where you bask. That's where you slowly give these negative thoughts. And again, use a partner if you need to. Use a therapist. There's no shame in that. That's good. As we think in our heart, so we are. I came to give you life, and I came to give it to you abundantly, Jesus says. But the thief, he's trying to steal it, kill it, and to destroy it. Know the difference. This morning, it would be awesome if we ended our service with a trial. A trial that only has one form of penalty. Not a life sentence. Because we don't want those issues to have the opportunity for parole. The trial that we're having has one penalty, and it's a death penalty. It's a death penalty. It's time for those thoughts to die. And here's what uh, Bonnie and I, she was talking, she was like, Damon, even sometimes there can be an imbalance of fun that impacts our thought, that turn around and impact our thoughts negatively. I say, what? I can binge watch my show to the point to where it impact me negatively? That's fun. And she said, absolutely, yes, because it's a subtle, subtle draw away from what God wants to do. Today, those things that you wrote down that were consuming you this week, and we have 60,000 every single day. I think that the Lord wants us to change our mind the verse becomes a little bit more clear in Romans that we can have a transformed mind if we allow ourselves to kill some things, if we arrest some things and go, your thoughts are powerful. So as we wrap up today's service, let's eliminate some thoughts. It's like Bonnie said, it's black or white. We want our thoughts to glorify God or they don't. I think we have I think we have enough mojo in this room, enough faith in Jesus to believe that we can end this year thinking his thoughts. How many of you agree? Come on, how many of you agree? So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. 
uh, I believe in praying scripture back to God. I believe that scripture is life, it's living, it's powerful, and it's sharp. And I want you to look at those things. Everybody grab your sheet of paper if you did. Everyone at home, grab your, grab your message notes. Grab your message notes. And I'm going to get ready to stand up. <laughs> I'm going to get ready to stand up. You want to you just, we'll stand up on here as we wrap up here. Everyone at home, grab your, grab your notes. And I just want you to find those things that you wrote down. And I just want you to look at them. Just as a sign that they can't stay. For some, it might, it might seem really small, but just in today's conversation, we can't even allow the smallest of bugs to stay, right? We don't want an outbreak. We don't want an outbreak. And I just want you to put that thought on trial. Just kind of put the imagery in mind of like you putting that depressive week or that strife with your spouse or that week that you just didn't want to deal with. I don't know what it is. Thinking about the finances. Thinking about the job promotion. I don't really know. Put it on trial. Put it on trial. And then think about 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5. We demolish. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Get that in your brain. Get that in your mind. I demolish it in Jesus' name because it's coming against the knowledge of God. Bonnie, would you just pray for us? Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we are so thankful and we want to pursue you with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, and with all of our souls. Father God, you have allowed us to be an ambassador here on earth for all eternity, Lord God. We have an assignment to look like you, to respond like you, and all we think, say, or do, Father God. We want all of our thoughts and all of our behaviors to glorify you, Lord. And Father God, I just pray right now that as you partner with us to take every thought captive, Father God, that you would begin to give us the mind of Christ, that we can carry out any assignment that you have for us, any plan, any purpose, throughout our entire lifetime, Father God, to the second and to the third generation, Father God, based on our obedience, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you've strengthened us with these tools, Father God, to be able to fight here on this earth, Father God, until we descend to be with you in heaven. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so here's our declaration. Repeat this after me. Say, whatever is true. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, everything that's excellent and praiseworthy, I will think on these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate Bonnie? Thank you, Bonnie. I'll let you go. Wasn't that good? It's good to, to hear the word of God in a practical way. So good. So good to hear God in a practical way. Well, hey, before we leave, uh, we're going to do several things. Uh, we're going to worship the Lord with our giving. Um, but I also want to pray for those of you that walked in and uh, 
you've aligned yourself to the thought process of God, but maybe you haven't surrendered your life. It all begins there. We can, we can say, I'm going to give you my, I'm going to give you my thought process, but it could be like, okay, so what do I do after that? Well, it all begins with the foundation of Jesus. Remember Bonnie mentioned that it's the spirit of God that leads us into the wisdom of God. And so I want to just pray a prayer for those of you that haven't said yes to Jesus yet or you're away. There's nothing magical about the prayer, so you know, but there is power in your prayer. My words are just to guide us. But if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again and you confess with your mouth and then you acknowledge that without him you sin and you miss the mark and he's the only one that can change us, then the Bible says that he comes in as Lord and Savior of our life. So can I ask you one more time to bow your heads? That's just for privacy. And if you'd say, Damon, that's me. I want to meet Jesus today. I just want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I acknowledge that you died on the cross and you rose for me. And on this Sunday, I give you my life. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I receive your gift of salvation. And I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, would you just raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here's what I want you to do, and I don't have a card with me. Can I have a can I? If you said yes uh, to Jesus today, I want you to fill out this connection card. Our team has a little devotional for you. Uh, I believe we have a Bible for you as well. Um, we'd love to just give you a couple of next steps. Here's, here's a simple next step. Baptism. Baptism is an outward expression of what Jesus does on the inside of you. Uh, it's a next step. Uh, and so we would love to celebrate that. And then we'd love to get you plugged in to a city group um, and even share more about the heart of City Place Church as well. So well done. Don't forget, fill out that connection card. Take it to our new here area. We've got gifts for you as well as for those of you who are here for the very first time. Uh, it's our time to give. It's our time to worship the Lord. There's information on the screen. Uh, you can give here in service. Uh, you can use an envelope or you can use technology. Uh, if you were a part of our series entitled uh, Live Like It Matters, we talked about God giving seed to sow and bread to eat. And so those of you who are watching online, our team is putting up the information for you to give there as well. Reminder, men, December the 10th, uh, we're going to have men's breakfast. It's going to be a good time. Uh, you can sign up on the church app. Uh, you can go to Church Center, download the app, look for City Place Church, and all of the information of things happening here at City Place Church, uh, you can find it there. And then somebody say Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. We are doing something that we haven't done since the very first year of our church. Next year, City Place will be seven years old. And, come on, you can, you can clap. Seven years old. And the, the year that we launched, Christmas was on a Sunday. And so we had Christmas Eve service. And so we're doing Christmas Eve service on a Saturday, same 10 a.m. That allows you and I to, to do our festivities with our families. Uh, any last minute shopping should be done before that date. 
but that, that allows you to do whatever it is that you may do with your family. And then that Sunday is just a family time for you and your family. Uh, have fun uh, at home, um, but we want to gather together. And so we want to invite you to that. Uh, it'll be a fun day uh, on that day as well. So would you stand to your feet? Thanks so much for joining us. Stay connected by subscribing to the City Place Church podcast, following us on Instagram, checking us out on Facebook, or by visiting our website, www.cityplacechurch.com.